Hey everybody, welcome to the 89th episode of I'm So Sure Cast. I'm your host Tim Early, I'm here with Tim Sullivan. Good evening folks, good evening. And uh, Tim, how we doing tonight? Doing pretty great, man. I mean, I did kind of Indian give my commitment to doing in person from henceforth the last episode. But, uh, yeah. you know, we're going to make the best of it. We're going to do one remote thing just for old time's sake, for COVID's sake. And then yeah. uh, it is it is both our intentions to uh, to do it in person from from here on out at some point. Right. Except for next week, which I'm, I'll be busy. But that's but after that, two weeks from every, today, we'll, every we'll, fucking Tuesday. we'll be the ribbon cutting on us doing it uh, officially in yes. person together. Um, so I have major updates, major, major, major updates. updates. Yeah. Jesus. This just in, I finally had the sensation where you eat a fruit and it tastes like the artificial version of the fruit flavor. Really? Can I guess which yeah. fruit? Yeah, please. And you're not going to guess it, but guess it. So the fruit I think is most detached from how it naturally tastes from how it tastes artificially flavored i'm gonna so go with an a- the right i'm gonna go with an apple which is a good guess because you were going down the correct path yes um but so, the the thing that happened a grape watermelon it was watermelon ah uh, okay okay i mean do you agree that an actual watermelon and artificially flavored watermelon tastes absolutely fucking nothing alike yes i agree with that Yes. Okay. So I think the trick to achieving this is you're going to have to take a watermelon, okay? Yep. You're going to want to cut it up into cubes. You're going to want to put that watermelon in a bowl, okay? Mm-hmm. Now you're going to want to leave that in the fridge for like a week. A that, week? And, yeah, yeah. Maybe like a week to the point where you're almost like, should I be even eating this? And then when you take it out, you eat a few of them. And then towards the bottom, there's going to be kind of the liquid it's been sitting in. Ah, one of the ones that was kind of in there, I ate it and I got the artificial flavor of watermelon. So is there some sort of like, like fermentation that maybe contributes to the, uh, similarities between that and the, uh, the artificial flavoring? Honestly, no, no. I think it's kind of one of those, you know, like miracle type deals. Yes. Um, and this may be the only time in my entire life that it will ever happen. You know what I mean? That's rare. I, I mean, I, I, I'm happy that it can be achieved because um, I do agree that artificial watermelon and natural watermelon taste nothing alike. Because I don't think I've ever gotten it from any other fruit. No, me either. Um, it's I know funny. John Mayer got the blueberry one time. Oh, did he? Yeah, he told me that. <laughs> I, um, I've apple to me is is the the furthest off, but watermelon's yeah. right up there. Like sour apple? Like, what? But the problem is I can't even knock it because I like the flavor of artificial apple. Oh, it's fantastic. Like those, um, what's the friggin' lollipops with the gum in the middle? Whoever makes those? Uh, Blow Pops by Charm. Yes. Yes, those sour apple flavored lollipops are fantastic. And we just want to, you know, deliver this message from our newest sponsor, uh, Charm. Mm. Um, yes. It's the flavor that keeps on giving, Blow Pops. Sure does. Um, yeah, man. So, like, what the fuck? What else? Didn't you do something crazy this weekend or some shit? Did I do something crazy this weekend? Oh, I went to the new Tuscan. I That's think it's just called it Tuscan. 
Is that what it is now? Fucking yeah, completely. Dude, so we flies. went with friends. We Sorry. went with friends that were all the tither about going to this new Tuscan, right? So it's where the old black cow was. So right. Oop. So I've been to Tuscan right. Kitchen a million times. I was basically just excited for the location, right? Yep. Because like I think Tuscan's good, but it's not gonna like. Uh, my panties have literally never bunched up at the thought of it. But Before you get too far, can I ask you this? What color are my panties? How the fuck did you know? Um, no. They look uh, darker when they're bunched. You know how anytime somebody has Tuscan, right? Usually yes. they say, I mean, it's pretty good. It's kind of over fucking priced, though. Yes. Whatever. So now say Tuscan took all of its prices and cut them by 20%. And then you ask someone, hey, how is Tuscan? Do you think that the answer would change to, oh, dude, it's fantastic? No. You don't? No. Okay. That was that was my question. And what, no what's, what's your theory on it? Because I feel like everyone's problem is that it's slightly overpriced, but it's pretty good food. So if you take away the overpricedness, that eliminates about 90% of people's complaints. So then they won't I even... think I think people say that because they're disappointed and that's on top i think all the disappointment truthfully lies in the quality of food so i think if somebody ate crappy food and it was dirt cheap they wouldn't go the food sucks but it's a good deal i think as long as the food doesn't really please someone that's all that matters so i so me just personally i genuinely enjoy tuscan's food across the board i, I like it too by I the way it's good i like it too I'm with you. And, and uh, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. He enjoys it, too. All right, I'll let you continue your story. I'm sorry. No, but I was going to say, but the thing about... I'm not a big food guy. Like, the whole food thing. He's really thing, not. He's not, like, folks. People, people have be orgasming over some restaurant, you know? Oh, like and a I, I, can, I can see that it's good, right? I know that Ruth's Chris air the Capitol Grill. When I get a steak there, it's really good. But I'm just not obsessed with food enough to like get really excited about it like a lot of people do. You know what I mean? Right. Because I'm equally what people don't realize if you were to somehow internally measure the endorphins released by really great food, I have the same amount of endorphins from a Papagino's pizza as I would from a 45 medium rare steak. At Ruth's Chris, you know what I mean? Like it's still okay. it's still good food, but like we're coming at it. I'm so unsophisticated and kind of non bougie that like I'm just not even on the same. It's like someone that doesn't like cheese weighing in on how the Parmesan at some restaurant tastes. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, so we went to Tuscan with some friends and. Um, it was mainly just to go out to Newburyport and see the new place. But they were really excited about the actual restaurant itself. So, Had they ever been to another Tuscan? Yes, but I will say, for the folks at home, there is no resemblance to be bared between the Tuscan and Newburyport and the Tuscan kitchen anywhere else. Oh. Well, I've never been to the Seaport one, whatever, but to the Salem one. It's a completely different... The menu is a, like 95% seafood. So would you say that this is a positive thing? Yeah, well, and it makes it like it's like any criticism you could lob at the Salem Tuscan doesn't wouldn't really apply to this one. Like it's almost like a completely different restaurant. 
Um, and uh, so we go there. We go inside. So they were. I guess they were calling all day to try to make a reservation. And the phones weren't being answered. So we're like, whatever. Let's just fucking go. So we go there. We get there at like six fifteen. The dude Kevin goes up and he's like, "Yeah, there's four of us. What's your earliest like availability?" And the guy's like, "It's a three hour wait." So he's like, he's like, all right, well, that's not happening. So he walks outside and he's like, three hour wait. And then his wife is like, well, it's probably not really a three hour wait. Like, why don't we just put our name in, we'll bop around, get some drinks, whatever. If it does turn out to be an obnoxious wait, then whatever. But let's just kill time, get some apps somewhere else. And if they call us within the next hour and a half, we'll just go there. So we're like, all right. So we, he goes back, put our name in, and then we go to, the grog get right in, which is hilarious. And um, <laughs> we sit down and just get some tequila drinks, which were like, oh, I got a margarita. They all got uh, what's the other fucking tequila? One, uh, some with a P. Can't can't think of it. Um, oh, oh, uh, oh, fuck. Ah, uh, yeah. Hold on. Let's see you got Kevin you is. got this. Um, Kev, what's the other tequila drink that starts with a P? Have you been fucking hearing it? Kev, are you doing, oh. still doing the dishes or whatever the fuck you were doing earlier? Oh, he doesn't know. Uh, All right. I didn't expect... Well, never... What's the t- the tequila drink that's not a margarita? And it might start with a P. <laughs> tequila Sunrise, ladies and gentlemen. That must have been it. All right, thank you, Kev. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes, that was it. Um... <laughs> So the best part about Discord is like if somebody's connection breaks up a little bit, they start sounding like a robot. Right. And when I just muted Kev there, he did like the <laughs> robot thing. That's great. Uh, well, anyways, uh, they drank those and I drank a margarita. So we got a few rounds of those. We got some bread. Do you have any bread? And um <laughs> some uh potatoes and we got oh, we got a ton of oysters. We got like three oh. three dozen oysters. So we Were ate they those. Duxbury by any chance? Uh, I don't think so. It's, uh, it's, this is like low, you know, bottom shelf oysters. I'm guessing um, they weren't even properly shucked. But you know what? They tasted great because they're fucking oysters. You know. Well, and you're. I mean, are we eating oysters for the taste of the oysters? Or are we eating them for the cocktail sauce and shit? Ex- that's exactly you know right. That's exactly right. So oysters are like kind of like the like the tofu of the sea. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, it's the vehicle for condiments to go in your mouth. That's exactly right. So we wind up getting completely cocked at Grog. Ate some. I ate a ton of bread. But then we got like chicken wings or whatever. So then we pay the bill. It's like 8.15. And then we're like, all right, let's just figure out where else to go. Because this isn't going to fucking happen. And uh, so now it's been two hours. So we step outside. We run into some friends of theirs, whatever. And then talking for like five minutes. And then... The text arrives that says, your table is now available. So we're like, oh, wow, this is actually going to happen. So we go in, and, dude, we got, uh, not only did we get a table outside, we got the best table outside. So, Well, I mean, at this point, it was fucking 930. No, so I hope you dude, got that's what table. I thought. It was fucking slammed in there, dude. They were still seating people when we arrived. Like, it was Jesus. fucking packed. And um, so... Do you remember the Black Cow deck in New Report? Like when it was where yeah. when it was where Tuscan is now, right? Yeah. So the deck was like kind of like 
not super big, and they they always had that fucking tarp thing, like the see through tarp. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like you yes. were like you were on a deck, but you still never felt like you were outside. This is right. like com- they totally expanded the deck, and it was all open. They had this little glass fucking encasement. You could stick your hand outside. It was fucking tits dude easily best bar it's it's a it's a better bar than michael's harborside the outside uh deck jesus fan fucking tastic i got these blueberry lemon drop martinis <gasps> dude i don't care how effeminate that makes me sound they were fantastic i got like three Check, of those please. maybe even Did four you? of those nice. yep got the swordfish and everything was fantastic except uh kevin ordered oh Kevin ordered lobster ravioli, and his raviolis were literally freezing cold, so they did have to, uh, <gasps> they had to reheat those. Oh my god! Which was a blemish on the thing. But again, I'm not a snob. Like I don't. They could have brought me out a Papagino's pizza on a plate and said, "Like, sorry, chefs backed up. We had to do Gino's. Are you cool with this?" I would have been like, "Are you kidding? This is fantastic." So, not only are you kidding, you would have been like, "How did it went like you get so tasteful?" That's exactly right. I would have. Literally looked the waitress in her eyes and asked how the person whose idea this was got so tasteful. So, right. but it was really for the location. So we were there. We probably spent like two hours out there and uh, it was quite the hefty bill, but it was worth it. It was fun. That's fantastic. So that was I'm basically the, the crux of my weekend. Then I played golf on Sunday and played terribly. Um, but I played episode- great on Friday. So I still got a little bit of a, a fresh memory oh, nice. of playing well. Nice. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this episode was brought to you by Tuscan Brands. Yes. Um, more for your dollar. That's exactly right. Um, so, I mean, just super brief, just want to touch on it. I did get a little hung up on my in my brain there about um, Big Oyster. Yes. Because that is one of the best scams ever. Yes. Here, man, we're going to charge you $3 per, per bite, basically. Well, um, for this thing that doesn't even really isn't even that appealing so that you can eat fucking condiments. Well, the thing is, I think a lot of people just think it's like everything else where it's an overpriced thing disguised as a commodity and right. it's just it's in demand. But what they if they could only see the K Street lobbyists that haunt the streets of Washington, D.C., flooding the House of Representatives with bum information to get these protectionist bills passed, brought on by Big Oyster, people would never eat this shellfish again. It is disgusting, the corruption that goes on. Big Oyster has completely cornered the market. It's a racket. They're in the pockets of of everybody you can think of. I know, next time you see a politician... Like Joe Kennedy was running in Haverly the other day. I almost went up to him and said, what's, what's the deal with oysters, man? You're going to continue this nonsense. I didn't cause I was late for an appointment, but right. if people only knew what big oyster was up to, I don't think they'd ever eat it again. I mean, he's onto something there, folks. Yeah. But, uh, and if anybody, um, I don't want to get too far into this, but if anyone missed the, uh, uh you know, Attorney Barr testifying today. Um, here's here's kind of how it went. Tim, I'll have you be Attorney Barr. Oh, I'll be perfect. I'll be the House. Yep. Okay. 
Um, now, Mr. Sullivan, is it or is it not true uh, that you said you would take out the trash last week? So not only is this that not true, so, okay, but that, I can you're actually taking, prove you're taking my time that here, I never that said that. If you could just let, sir? if you could just let me speak, sir, you're taking if you my could time. Just let me explain taking... that I never said that, sir. I can prove it. You're... I'm, I'm, I have my time to speak here, sir. Okay, go now. Ahead. Answer the question yes or no. Okay, I'm going to answer right Yes or now. no answer. So, answering no, no, your no, question. No. Hey, this is a different I question, I never said sir. I was going no, to take sir. out the trash. Sir, it is my time to speak. Yes or no, how much dog food would you say Leo eats in a week? Yes. I would say sir, that sir, he eats sir, two you're scoops. Speaking over me. If you give you're me the chance to me, explain sir. myself, sir, you'll be able sir, to... Is it, is it or is it not true that cigarettes were supplied to you as a minor by your older cousins? That's not is true. It or is it not I can, true? I can That's enough. explain my time it right is up. now. My time is up, uh, gen- gentlemen. Uh, my time is up. That's literally how it went. <laughs> it was, ask this guy a question, and the second he starts to answer him, accuse him of not answering your question and just keep talking over him. <laughs> These people are... Absolutely insane. I had to turn it off. I was getting so frustrated. I did too. But everyone listening will be very relieved to find out that that's the end of that conversation. Yes. That's why Um, I couldn't take it anymore. It was just like screaming children. Too much. Ugh. I love this idea that we're supposed to believe that like Trump is the only embarrassing politician. Every... 535 members of Congress is like a complete dunce for the most part. Oh, the lady saying um, specifically instead of specifically, I was like, is she kidding? But listen, here's, this is the, we're at the main event of the show of this episode. All right. So this is the climax. Ladies and gentlemen, the main event. Um, So what I've done here is I've gone ahead and pulled uh, scenes for movies that either A, we quote all the time. Or B, I just really like. Okay. Okay. Um, we're going to get the ones out of the way that everyone already knows we're going to reference. Um, that we've already talked about. That we've beaten, you know, to death on this fucking show. Yes. Um, so, firstly, I guess I'll start with... Um, well, uh, it's the way of the future. Um, so, how do you think he says it's the way of the future? It's the way of the future. The it's the way of the future. Way and then he just future. does that 50 more times. Way of the future. Yeah, that's pretty good. So I got that one pretty um, accurate. You got that one pretty good. Gordo the Weirdo. Let's hear it. In school, we called him Gordo the Weirdo. Which is fantastic because he never even... They used to call him Gordo the Weirdo. Says school, and I can, which is I can, the beauty of this. I can literally picture Jason Bateman... Saying it like that, like that's the funniest part. I remember when that when that trailer was everywhere. When Eric and I used to go to the movies like twice a week, we would always see that trailer before the movie came out, and that scene was in the trailer. And we would be fresh off watching that trailer, and we'd be going in school. They called him Gordo the Weirdo. <laughs> well, I have one later on that I'm like 100 percent sure it was a certain way, but it's not that way. Okay, so I'm with you on some of these. Um, and then obviously we're gonna have. Do you have any bread? Which you and I both think he's screaming from Do you have any yards bread? away. We have potatoes. And by the way, but this is my favorite movie. Like this is a movie I've seen tens of times. Right. And even I got it wrong. It's this false memory. Just for, for one last time, the actual version. Do you have bread? We have potatoes. <laughs> 
Um, can I get a Larry David? I fucked up. I fucked up. That's how I picture. I fucked up. Oh, pretty accurate. Pretty fucking good. Pretty good. All right, so now we'll get into the nitty gritty, if you will. Oh, the NG. The clips that I pulled this week that have not been played on this show, I don't think. Okay. Oh, also, before we get into this, I got really fucking pissed off because... Oh, boy. I used to have on my computer the... um, From Twin Peaks... That's a problem with the law. It doesn't breathe. You can't kill it. I know. I remember that. I had that. It's one of right? my favorite Twin Peaks quotes. So I couldn't find it on YouTube anywhere. So then I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure it's on my computer. So I typed in the law. It definitely was on, on YouTube, though, at one point. I can't fucking find it. Because that's it's where you... probably on there, though. Yeah, that's where I got it. Is that what you said? I think you originally ripped it from YouTube. I think I did, too. Don't tell YouTube that. <laughs> Am I right, folks? <laughs> it's on the wrong page of the fucking soundboard now. Um, but uh, so, right. I typed into my search on my Mac, the law pops right up top of the screen. It says the law. And then I think in parentheses, it says doesn't breathe. So then I go to click on it. My finder search crashes. Oh boy. Okay. So I'm like, what the fuck? So then I open it back up. Could never find it again. Hold on. Gone forever. Oh, that's so, that's such a great scene. That's gone, and the um uh, I've never handed my gun over anybody in my entire life. That one too. Yep. Can't fucking find it. So Dude, you know. The Harry Truman meltdowns on Twin Peaks was my favorite. He's such a And then there were like three other Twin Peaks things I tried to look up, and YouTube is not friendly with Twin Peaks scenes. No, and I couldn't find any of dude, them. you know, the thing, too, is like, obviously, YouTube is Google who literally mastered search. And sometimes there's videos on YouTube and you could literally remember the title of the video and it will still be buried. Have you ever noticed that? Like sometimes. Yep. And it's still on there because I wind up finding it. But the fact that it doesn't right. pop up right away is like infuriating. Well, it depends on how left or right the clip is. That's true. That's, that's true. For another time. Um, so this is the long-awaited quote, which is from The Staircase. Oh, yes. The, your boy Peterson. Yes, um, Michael Peterson. He gets accused of, of having sex with, you know, somebody else in the case, right? So now, how do you remember him saying that you're kidding? So I remember it like yesterday. It's it's early on in the show. He's in the kitchen, and the private detective working on his defense meets up with him after he talked to this guy. And Michael goes, so what did he say? And then the guy goes, he said you slept with him. And then Michael Peterson goes, you're kidding! <laughs> Which is also how I remember it. Dude, yeah, that's kind of like the mayor saying exactly, it, exactly. But um, which goes to show how you know you get influenced how false by memory works, right? Um, so the weird part is, so you have the so actual play, clip. Yeah, so I'll play just how he says the "you're kidding" part, which is right here. You're kidding me. Mm-hmm. That's what he's calling. <laughs> I mean, kind of the same inflection. Kind of, but the thing that we don't, the thing that our brain is doing is kind of confusing him saying, you're kidding me with you're shitting me. So here's the full scene. It's, you know. Well, you got his statement. Mm-hmm. What'd he say? He said you had sex with him. Oh, you're shitting me. Maybe not. Four or five times. Where? <laughs> uh, I don't know all the details because I was skimming through all the stuff. And when I came to his. You're kidding me. <laughs> 
That's what he's claiming. Dude, I know. I thought that the original reaction, I thought the first thing you said was, you're kidding. Me too. And you, I love how just the whole time you know that he had like ferocious butt sex with this well, guy. Dude, just imagine. He's like, when would I have time to have sex with this guy? For all the heterosexual listeners out there, like the three of them, I know we're big in the uh, LGBTQ, whatever, however many letters are in there now. Community. But um, I would say that if you're accused of murdering your wife and they go to question a friend of yours, and yep. you're like, l- let's say you're, you're truly heterosexual. You've only had sex with women. Now you're on this, you're, you're, you're accused of this horrific murder. You hire a private detective who goes and interviews one of your friends. And then he comes back and he says, yeah, that friend I interviewed, he said you had sex with him like multiple times. Would you really go, oh, you're shitting me. You'd be like, <laughs> What? And then you would immediately call him and be like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? You wouldn't just go, you're kidding. When? When did he say that? (laughs) Oh, my God, dude. Hilarious. Ridiculous. (sighs) Such a funny scene. Because, you know, the private detective was like, fuck, man. Like, this guy knows, like, because the private detective, when he got that information, he wasn't like, "Why? why would this guy be accusing him of having sex with his friend. He was probably just immediately like, oh, oh this guy fucked you. This makes our job so much harder. So then he goes over and he's like kind of pissed that he's been lied to by his own client. And so he's right. like, oh, what do you say? He's like, said you had fucking sex with him like five times. Me. <laughs> and then you got to look this idiot in the face pretending to play dumb. Oh, hilarious. Uh, I love that series. I'll probably rewatch that so one day. Good. I might too. This one's a quickie. Um, it's from the movie Dodgeball, and it's about wrenches. How does that go? Uh, the about the urine. No, it's about wrenches. A wrench. If you can oh, if you can dodge. dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Is that how it goes? If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Yeah. Wrench. See, I didn't, and I didn't expect the you can dodge a ball to come out that. Yeah, you did good. That's fine. Um, then we have from meet the, meet the parents. Ah, great movie. The nipple scene. Yes. Uh, Yes. You want to go ahead and quote that for me? Yeah. So Ben Stiller goes, yeah, you can pretty much milk anything with nipples. And then Robert De Niro looks up incredulously and he says, I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? He's great. He got it. I think I nailed that one. I swear to God. You did know that because I kind of sure. channeled Robert De Niro. I kind of figured yes. out, right? You know, you like put one of your fingers on your face so it felt like a mole, so you were like in character. Yes, exactly. Or not a mole? Is it a mole? It's like this a is why I like work. I doing the remote podcast because I can do stuff like that. Nice to mole you. Meet you. <laughs> um, so then, one of my personal favorites is uh, from the Wedding Singer when he has his friend driving the <laughs> oh, great uh, scene. And he hits the cones. Yes. And then he gives him the shit about and this. He fails and you remember the what test. the driver says. What does the driver say? He goes, they were cones. That's pretty fucking good. Those could have been people. Those could have been guests at her wedding. They were cones. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that recitation was way funnier. They were cones. <laughs> <sighs> 
Because you okay, know, this... you know, they did multiple takes of that line, and he probably did a variety of deliveries on it. But that was the funniest one. Yeah, which is it's fantastic. I mean, folks, because any absolutely. any lesser comedic attribute, like there were cones. Right. But this guy goes, there were cones. Very They're doing fantastic. Very, so uh, very Debasio esque. Right. There were dude. There were cones. Where's my wallet, dude? Um, isn't he doing fantastic so far, folks? Not too bad. Not too bad. Not too bad at all. Now, this next one. The funniest is... part is the less I am familiar with the movie, the more accurate my memory is. The more times I've seen a movie, the more <laughs> exaggerated my inflections are. Well, that will will uh, as the sample size gets larger, we will determine that. Okay. Um, now, this next one is a staple in the community. And by the community, I mean between me, you, and Eric. Um, yes. Now, Philip Seymour Hoffman ah. uh, says this as he's you know, being peace. questioned by a gentleman uh, about his ideological theories. Um, yes. Would you like to quote how you think that might go? As the master. Yeah, sure. A master's another one. It's it's very it's a very close tie for my favorite film with another PTA movie, There Will Be Blood. But yes, so Philip Seymour Hoffman, who's supposed to be like kind of a uh, parallel character to L. Ron Hubbard, has this meeting, kind of pitching his his cult. Well, he, he doesn't think of it as a cult; he thinks of it as like a religion. And this one inquisitive reporter basically accuses him of hoodwinking these people and starting a cult. And so he asks a rhetorical question to Philip Seymour Hoffman and Philip Seymour Hoffman goes, if, 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 if you already know the answer, why ask the question pig fuck? Which is pretty, pretty close. Oh, if, if, if you, if you, if you already know the answers to your questions, then why ask pig fuck? Oh, Dude, yeah, his pig fuck he gets pretty aggressive. Can you play yeah. that? Can you play that one more time? L- listen how satisfying his pig fuck is. Doesn't get any better, but yeah. Oh, if, if, if you if you if, if you already know the answers to your questions, then why ask pig fuck? Oh, because it's, it's perfect because so visceral t- and powerful. Yeah, it really drives home the point that he was overcome with rage to the point where he couldn't control. In himself. that kind of like blackout, somebody's like really getting in yes. my shit, kind of like nonsense you know when you're like really really mad and you start expressing words just for their phonetic therapeutic satisfaction yes i do i really i i do like you you, you like some like when i'm really mad my go-to is mother fuck i never say like right i never say like oh come on what the fuck it's like i i use the phonetics of the the word fuck to really just get in there and fucking let it out yeah, like growing up, my dad would always be like, God damn it. Right. You know, if you can Just harshly like really... enunciate, it does satisfy. Yeah. It's like a non-violent physical thing you can do. Right. Pig fuck. Uh, so now we're going to move on to American Psycho, which is a fantastic. Uh, one of the best. Fantastic film. And that movie um, is all about delivery because anyone can read that script And if you don't find the humor in it, like Christian Bale, thankfully, found the humor in Patrick Bateman. So his deliveries are all so good. Right. I mean, you could really take Um, everything he says in that movie and make it a soundboard clip. 
Oh, that's funny. That, yeah, that's funny. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so this one is the, the Squash Friday scene, which <laughs> I, in my head, had it completely wrong. Um, All right, I think I got this one. Yeah, let's see if you can nail it. Hold on. All right, so he goes... Yeah, think about it. He goes, hey, Alan, Squash Friday. And he goes, no can do. Got an 830 res at Dorsia. Okay, so you have what I have in my head, which what's in my head is probably because of you. Okay. And it's it's obviously very close, but it's not it's not completely correct. All right, let's hear it. Here we go. Paul, Squash. Call me. What Friday? No can do. I got an 830 res at Dorsia. <laughs> Great. Sea urchin ceviche. Dorsia on Friday night. How do you swing that? I think he's lying. <laughs> I love how, like, just obsessed they are with Dorsey. That's the best thing. Well, I, I also love, too, how these guys are all, like, 28-year-old millionaires, and they're still right. amazed at how Alan could have got a reservation at a restaurant. Like, it's not like, right. it's not like he's some <laughs> construction worker that is telling his friends he got an 830 res at, like, the hottest restaurant in town. Like, this guy is, like, loaded. Right. But I do love how he, I love the pride with which he goes, got an 830 res at Dorsia. Right. <laughs> Dorsia, how do you swing that? I think he's lying. How to nitwit like you get so tasteful. You're right. That comes right after. Um, but it, for anyone at home who doesn't realize the long pause is when he flips open his thing with his business card in it, pulls it out and hands it to him and says, call me. Right. Uh, the business um, card scene. Is the best in American Psycho. Which is then followed by, let's see, Paul Allen's card. So how do you think Patrick Bateman says Oh, that? I know, because he's... I know you're going to nail this. He's sweating, and he's so overcome with emotion, and he like kind of gulps, and he goes, let's see Paul Allen's card. That was really fucking good. Here we go. Let's see Paul Allen's card. Oh, <laughs> the way... The serious nature with which he says that is just the best. Patrick, are you okay? You're sweating. <laughs> um, then one of my favorites is when he's uh, about to murder Paul Allen. And he's about to put on Huey Lewis in the News. And he asks Paul Allen if he likes Huey Lewis in the News. Would yep. you want to take a stab at this? You like it's pretty easy, but... You like Huey yeah, Lewis in the News? You like Huey Lewis in the news? Ah, so I guess it's a little more casual than my remembrance of it. It's like, oh, they're all right. Mine's kind um, of the same as Pat, as uh, Jason Bateman and uh, with the Gord of the Weirdo. Like, you like Huey Lewis in the news? Right. I find that, like, we either have these way too aggressive or, like, way too fucking, I don't know, jazzy. Well, because I always think, like, I find it... The f- I think that's the funniest way of talking when somebody says something stupid. So, like, all the time <laughs> in my life, when I quote somebody, like, whether it's a movie or a real person, I always do that inflection because it makes it so much funnier. Right. So I think that's why I kind of, I'm, like, programmed to hear things that way. So reply to this line. Um, I don't understand why you don't just quit that job. You hate it anyway. Because I want to fit in. I see how you just don't quit. Because I want to fit in. Oh, wow. Completely music. off. I got that one completely wrong. 
Dude, the fucking soundtrack that movie. Well, the best is that he's a music snob, but he only listens to like pop hits of his time. Like everything he listens to is probably the most popular thing on the radio. Like that's that's what makes it like the funniest. Is that? But he then isn't he? Doesn't he only like recite like uh, critics? Like stories of, you know, yes. like, uh, yeah, he doesn't actually have opinions. He just recites what he read. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, but it's just so funny that like, rather than like talking about some hip underground punk band that nobody knows about, he's talking about like Whitney Houston or like Huey Lewis in the news. It's just so funny. Right, right. Um, I actually have a lot from this movie. I'm realizing now. It's all right, dude. Um, Can come. So actually, if I move down. There's some more somewhere. Hold on. Where are they? Okay. Um, Sabrina, don't just stare at it. Eat it. Sabrina, don't just stare at it. Eat it. Sabrina, don't just stare at it. Eat it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Way less aggressive than I thought. Um, now, when they arrive at a spas, do you know how that one goes? <sighs> I don't think so. I'm trying to think. Okay. Set the scene. When we are, when we arrive at a spas, they uh, this was just after she's like, we should get married, and he was like, I can't take the time off work. Oh, then, it's something about uh, no a table. I yeah, I know exactly what what it is. Well, I obviously don't know exactly what it is because I can't remember. But I once right. you say it, it's gonna ring some bells. But I at this time I don't recall. All right, well let's let's hear how he he fucking you know fucking says it, dude. Um, that button's around here somewhere, I swear. Where the fuck did it go? It's like about panicking when he doesn't think they're going to get a good table, right? There it is. I'm on the verge of tears by the time we arrive at a spas, since I'm positive we won't have a decent table. <laughs> I'm sure he's on the verge of tears. And relief washes over me in an awesome way. Okay. <laughs> I do, yeah. He's on the verge of tears, but he's just completely emotionless. <laughs> yeah, that's the best part. He's, a, he's an actual psychopath. Which, like, this one is just as good. When I get to Paul Allen's place, I use the keys I took from his pocket before disposing of the body. There is a moment of sheer panic (laughs) when I realize that Paul's apartment overlooks the park. And it's obviously more expensive than mine. Dude, I can't I love believe... how sheer panic is him taking one second to be like, oh. I love how that expensive. book was, like, banned and the movie was, like, almost had to be, like, NC-17. It's, like, uh, it's clearly a fucking comedy, dude. It's so good. That's one of those movies that I, like, want to watch so bad. I would definitely, like, try to convince Jess to watch it. But because it's called American Psycho and because there's murder in it, she'd be like, I'm not interested. Well, and it's a weird movie. I'm like, but it's funny. And she's like, I know, um, but it's murder. I know Karen likes it, but and I know I'm not supposed to say this, but I think most oh, most girls would not like that movie. Let's just be honest. Right. Well, there's something about you know being murdered. You know, but it's just people. Naked. Men and women are different. Sorry, folks. Guys don't read Fifty Shades of Grey, and women don't watch American Psycho. Like, right. deal with it. Like, Jess is like, oh, we should watch. Um, what the fuck was it? High school musical. I'm like, what makes you think that a single fiber of my being has even a single desire, rice grain of interest to see that movie? <laughs> Dude, because Zach like, well, hot. You know, right. And then she's like, well, you know, we watched fucking uh, Parasite 
for you. And I'm like, that's true. So Yeah, but Parasite's well, not like a gender-specific kind of target audience. It's not, but I felt bad making her read the entire movie, you know what I mean? Mm. But still, that folks. movie was fucking fantastic. If nobody's seen it, you better goddamn see it. But I just think anybody that thinks that the nature... Like, obviously, there's going to be exceptions, but like, again... Fifty Shades of Grey was like the number one book on college campuses read by progressive college women that are obsessed with feminism. And then at the end of the day, all they want to do is read a book about a girl that just wants to be spanked and told what to do by her boss. Right. So maybe there's something a little bit beneath the surface is all I'm saying. Well, so when I do see High School Musical, I will be sure to give all the listeners a thorough review. Hey, man, I heard it's great. I heard HS2 is really where it's at, but H HSM2. Right. He's right, folks. But um I wonder if Zach Efron's actually good at basketball. Um probably not. He's, he's probably not bad. I don't know. Um so where did I leave off? I mean if I if I come across another one from that movie, I'll I'll, you know, warn you, but I, I think that was it from American Psycho, folks. Um Very good. So now we're gonna move on to Office Space. And this one was not remembered correctly in my brain. Because in my brain, it's, don't worry, Peter, man, I won't tell anybody. Yeah, that's how I think of it. Do you think of it exactly like that? Where he goes, don't worry, Peter, man, I won't tell anybody. And here we go. That nobody knows about this but us, all right? No family members, no girlfriends, nobody. Of course. Agreed. Don't worry, man, I won't tell anyone either. No, don't worry about him. He's cool. Dude, that, I, I, I still remember the first time seeing Office Space. It was in my, my Uncle Mike's basement on the big screen TV, back when you called them big screen TVs. And that um, and that scene was like when I really was like, okay, this movie's just operating on a whole new level. That fucking observation was fantastic. Wasn't it, folks? Oh, my God. That's, when did big screen TV stop? I think it's when, when like the average TV was like 40 inches. Because <laughs> it really, I remember, dude, in their TV that they had in the basement was like huge. Like it was like. Yeah, it was a big screen TV, dude. Yeah, it really was. And I think, <laughs> I don't, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know when people stopped using the uh, the term. It was probably like. Maybe in 2007, 2008, when, like, the flat screens were, like, really prevalent. Um, but, yeah, because now, because think about, I mean, those big screen TVs still, by today's standards, in terms of width, were still very big. But, like, I mean, nowadays, like, 70-inch TVs, I, I mean, I don't have one, but a ton of people have them now, and those, those are freaking huge. I must have... Uh probably watched the Hanson acoustic set on that big screen TV at least like 36 oh. times. We always had that. We had the queen music video DVDs. Oh, at Wembley. Yep. Yep. Well, yeah, we had the concerts. My favorite one is at the Hollywood bowl. I think that's the best live queen concert ever recorded. Um, <laughs> no, I'm serious. <laughs> Hold on. I wasn't laughing at that. I was laughing at, I just got a notification from Danny Bergeron. Did he tweet this to me or did he email it to me? He slid into your DMs? He emailed it to us. He said, I thought he, I don't know if he tweeted it. <laughs> he said, I'm so sure that the Tims are the greatest twals, trolls on Twitter right now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Danny, this clap is for you. Oh yeah, he just liked one of my tweets. Um, 
Okay, moving on. Um, this one is from The Wedding Singer. Um, and I remembered it as, he's losing his mind, and I'm reaping all the benefits. Yeah, I remember like that, like a creepy whisper. Like, Yeah, does that sound about yeah, right? Yeah, I wouldn't even bother echoing it, because it's going to be the same recitation that you just did. There we go. Losing his mind. And I'm reaping all the benefits. I don't remember so the like, last line being, and I don't remember the pause being that long. Yeah, right. And I, I thought he would said it like, you know, I'm reaping all the benefits. Dude. Like, kind of like Smithersy, you know? Yes. Yes. Like, with the kind right. of, like, finger-to-finger kind of evil evil type uh persona the speaking of john lovitz who's hilarious but i remember at the charlie sheen roast charlie sheen had a great roast at the end because john lovitz was on the dais and the whole joke that everyone was doing all night was how john lovitz like basically hasn't had a career since like 1999 and um and charlie sheen goes um he made some wicked funny line. He was like, everyone's saying that John hasn't been hired in years. He goes, but I ran into him at Beverly Hills Country Club the other week, and we talked for a while, and then John hopped back on the lawnmower and rode off. <laughs> and it was just such a great burn, because it was, like, sophisticated, you know? That's fantastic. But yeah, John I, That's fantastic. You know what's a great John Levitt's uh, role is, um, you ever see Rat Race, which is a uh, a modern... Spin on the uh, it's a mad, 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 mad world from well, not that modern, right? Well, it was because the the movie on which it's based came out in the sixties, but um, it was he said, yeah, yeah, right. But uh, but John Lovitz is hilarious in that movie. I actually have to rewatch. Is uh, what's his face? Seth Green. Um, yeah, yes, exactly. Yep. He's Jesus in. Christ, dude! You read my goddamn brain. Leaks. I know, I did. I can all the way from down here, dude. I can read them. Jesus. Um. Now, when Daniel is explaining how oil drilling works to Eli and that there's no more oil on Eli's property because of drainage, Eli. Ooh, that's a good one. And he talks about, you know, the straw and the milkshake. Yeah. Now, I know this scene fucking line for line because back in the days of uh, that fucking stupid app, dub something whatever the fuck it was yes i remember that where you had to like mouth the things i did that once so i've your uh kim kardashian one was a big hit i remember my cousin maggie was like it would was. watch that on repeat right i might actually have to re- resurrect those fucking things but um but i recited it so many times it was drilled into my brain but i yes. want to see if you know it and can do it pretty well all right well where do you want me to take off starting with i drink your milkshake where he goes, I drink your milkshake. And then he slurps. Right. And he goes, I drink yeah. it up. Right. So, I mean, should I even bother doing mine? It's going to be exactly as, it's going to be as if I pressed the button. No, let's, I'm going to do it though. All right. He goes, I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. Ooh, right. That was good. Yes. So here we go. I drink your milkshake. Oh, such a great That's right scene. Before, that's right before Eli gets murdered. And then he goes, I'm finished. That is the um, best. The thing I love about There Will Be Blood. There, there's nothing I don't love about it. 
Right. Right. But the as he becomes more materialistically wealthy, he becomes more personally bankrupt. And by right. the end of the movie, he's achieved immense wealth. And the irony of a miserable drunk. Well, I don't want to give away stuff. Well, oh, whatever. Right. The irony of a miserable drunk killing someone in his bowling alley in his house because he's so just empty and soulless is just right. so poetically brilliant. It's just the best. And then, of course, the, the, the final line. And then it goes right into that that into awesome the credits. Score. It's fucking great, dude. Right. You look like a fool. It's, it's the don't best. You? It's the best movie ever made. And by the way, um, it's based on a book that's utterly unreadable. It's based on this Upton Sinclair book called Oil. And I was so obsessed with the movie that I, I remember I wanted to read the uh, the book on which it was based. Roughly based. Roughly based. It's really not the same. Do you, I mean? And it was unreadable. Line, oh, Jesus. That's unfortunate. Um, do you know the line where he calls Eli a sniveling ass? Do you know this little section? Is this when he's fighting him in the mud? No, that's okay. I'm just going to press the button. Stop crying, you sniveling oh. ass. <laughs> you nonsense. That, I, w- I was going to be very impressed if you did that like exactly. Well, like it's that, funny, you know? man, because right when you play that, I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I knew that one too. Stop your nonsense. Oh, he's um, so great in that movie, dude. Oh, this is fantastic. Great big fat person. Go. Oh, I know this one. Can I do it? Yep. Yes. So uh, Clarice shows up, unbeknownst to her, to Buffalo Bill's door because his mother was had a connection with one of the women that was murdered. And Buffalo Bill answers it. And... Uh, fucking Jodie Foster's like, oh, well, I'm here to see if you knew uh, so-and-so. And then Buffalo Bill goes, oh, was she, was she a great big fat person? Oh, wait. Was she a great big fat person? <laughs> I love that line, dude. <laughs> I love it because, first of all, it just rings the bell in Jodie Foster's mind. Like, yep, this guy's, this guy's the psychopath. But... <laughs> It's such a funny phrase that I've really adopted it in heavy usage in my own life. Like a lot of times when there's a fat person, I remember at the office, not to be mean, but whenever I was trying to describe someone overweight, I'd call them a great big fat person and it always got a laugh because it's so absurd. And then there's this one guy we work with that was literally (laughs) super nice kid. Um, He, he since quit. I'm not sure if it was from, bullying or or not but this kid was like literally 500 pounds like i'm not talking about just a fat guy i'm talking about like a guy you see and you're like oh my god you know what i mean that is a great big fat person yeah so we called him gbfg for great big fat guy <laughs> and not just face obviously right obviously not but like like we'd come back and like alex or matt would be like oh i saw gbfg outside at lunch and it's just so funny. And then people would be like, what, who's GBFG? And then we'd be like, oh, this this guy that works, works in accounting. And they'd be like, yeah, but what does that stand for? And then we'd go, great big fat guy. Because <laughs> it sounds so like, simple oh, and okay. uncreative. But in an ironic twist, that's what makes it so hilarious. Right, right. Um, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, put that coffee down. Can I get your 
In person. In person. Alec Baldwin, greatest scene. Put that coffee down. Put that coffee down. You fucking nailed that. Uh, that was the timing. Uh, trust me, was dude. Dead on. I have seen that scene so many times. Okay, Brad Pitt, what's in the box? What's in the box? Uh, what's in the box? Oh, okay, so a little bit more emotional box? than my, than my I love, George Costanza. I love the, how he gets like fed up and goes, what's in the fucking box? Hold yeah. on. Uh, what's in the box? Not you, give me what's the in the fucking box? Give me the Dude, that scene is so fucked up, man. You know Denzel was supposed to be that character? Oh, really? Yeah, he turned it down. He said it's like the, it's like the only role he regrets in his career turning down. Jesus. What's in the fucking box? Um, okay, this one. This is a favorite. This is a crowd favorite, and by crowd, I mean one of mine. Um, so from the Life Aquatic, is this my espresso machine? Oh, okay. And then the the Stooge says, "We, we fucking stole it." <laughs> is this my espresso machine? What? What is? How, how did you get my espresso machine? Well. Uh... We fucking stole it, man. Oh, yeah, it's so much funnier. Cause I love how he starts off as this fucking like bud of everybody's jokes. Yeah. And uh, what does Bill Murray call him the whole time? Uh, bondage stooge or or bond stooge or yeah. I don't fucking. And then like the 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 further along that voyage and the. More deeply entwined he gets with the whole crew, he becomes like this like badass guy, and it's so fucking funny. Fucking stole it, man. <laughs> the man in that sentence makes it. Yes. Um. So this is one of you and Eric's favorite duly appointed federal marshmallows. Oh yes, I can do the but whole thing. Take it away. So the guy goes, "All right, gentlemen, we need you to surrender your firearms." And then Leonardo DiCaprio in his most brilliant Boston accent, he goes, "Surrender our firearms." We are duly appointed federal marshals. And here we go. We are duly appointed federal marshals. <laughs> I really think he should have said marshmallows. Well, that was the funniest part because when we were at uh, up in Saco at Fiddlehead, which is, uh, and again, I said this, um, I'm happy that it is, but I'm amazed that in this day and age, that place is even allowed to still function. I mean, it is truly lawless. You can do anything you want on Fiddlehead in, in Maine. Jesus. And you want to dig a hole and shit in it? Go for it. No, man. no, I, literally. And, right. um, and yeah, we were like super drunk. It was like the second day, and we were making a fire and put s'mores. There were like 20 of us out there. And uh, so Eric and I would always say the line, we are duly appointed federal marshals, because we always thought it was like the most ridiculous <laughs> accent like ever. And I was super drunk, and I put the marshmallow on a stick. And then I go to Eric, and I go, "I go, we have duly appointed federal marshmallows." And he started laughing. And then we both could not stop. It was like one of those things where it became like embarrassing. Like people kept trying to like talk to us, and we just could not stop laughing. And for the next, You're like, what are you guys laughing at? And you just can't even explain. No. It and for the next six <laughs> hours. For the next six hours, we just kept like every time we ran into each other, we'd be like, "We are duly appointed, we are duly appointed federal marshmallows." Oh, for fuck's sake, dude! 
All right. Um, next, we have my favorite Django Unchained scene. Um, it's Django's so good, man. I just rewatched it oh, like a yeah. month ago. It's so good. They arrive with uh, to collect a bounty. Oh, with yeah, the guy I know you're talking about. Horse. You want to take it away? Yeah, and he goes, come on in from the snowy snow. And then he goes, he goes, had myself a birthday, got some cake. Pretty good. Why don't you come in and out of the snowy snow and get yourself some coffee? He had a birthday yesterday, got some cake. Pretty good. <laughs> I just love his commentary on the cake. Like... He's like a little bit disappointed. He's yeah. like, yeah, it's fucking all right. But it also well, makes it hilarious. How did people even make cakes in the 1860s? I don't even know. Over a fire? Is I mean, I, I don't even. How did you bake over an open fire? I mean, you must, I mean, it's the same principles, but still, like, I feel like I wouldn't have thought that cake was even invented before like 1915. But I'm having a goddamn clue. I, I, I just love how he puts his own commentary on the cake he's offering his guests, and it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Don't expect too much. Um, now, this one here is the mayor's favorite. Um, oh, I know. And I, I already know what it is. What is it? So, Michael York from Austin Powers, his name is Basil, which is a common British name. Oh, this is the right one, right? Yep. And <laughs> Basil informs Austin of all these goings on and Austin says, but what does it all mean, Basil? But the way what my uncle Mike mean, says it, ba- Oh, sorry. Did you just play it? No, no, no. But you, you continue but the way my uncle Mike says it, which we all mocked lovingly was he would always mispronounce Michael York's character's name. And he'd go, but what does it all mean? Basil, <laughs> but he wasn't doing it. He thought that was the actual line. So it just became this running joke that it was, but what does it all mean? Basil. You're kidding me. <laughs> You're what kidding. does it all mean, Basil? <laughs> Basil. Yeah, wait, say that, play that one more time. I was laughing. What does it all mean, Basil? <laughs> That's even more ridiculous somehow than what I remembered it as. <laughs> now, this next one, one of the fans actually wrote in with this one. Um and it's from Liar Liar and it's in an elevator. Do you know the uh, scene? Well, that's cuz you got huge tits. See, so you're wrong, actually, oh, no, no. kind of. Well, that's because your boobs are huge. Well, you're getting closer, though. That's because you got huge Hi. boobs. Hi. New in the building? Yeah, I just moved in Monday. Oh, you like it so far? Mm-hmm. Everybody's been real nice. Well, that's because you have big jugs. Oh, yeah. I mean, your boobs are huge. I mean, I want to squeeze them. Oh. Mama. <laughs> Dude, that movie... It's it's so pathetic that I didn't get that because we literally just watched Liar Liar at the Cape last week. And I mean, I want to squeeze them. It's such a good movie, dude. Every line in that movie. You know why I pulled you over? Fantastic. Depends how long you were following me. <laughs> and then I love when he goes, uh, he goes, I the 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 day when he realizes he can't. Well, actually, the whole movie takes place in in one day. Um, but he goes. Um, well, he goes, I object, Your Honor. And he goes, on what grounds? And he goes, because it's devastating to my case. <laughs> it's just like every fucking line is hilarious. Uh, um, He's so good, man. Like the thing with, about Jim Carrey, man, is that literally no one else could do his movies. You know what I mean? Like if 
you hear all these times, all these examples of these great actors that turn down roles, and the movie's great anyway. But liar, like all the Jim Carrey movies in the '90s, no, literally no one else could do it. Right, you know I mean? right, inimicable. Oh Jesus, that's a word right there, folks. Jesus Christ. Yeah, there you go. Um, this next one is not really from a movie, but it's Jim Carrey's um, impersonation of Jimmy Stewart. Uh, the word window is involved. Do you want to take it away? Wait, it's, it's so it's not it's it's Jim Carrey doing Jimmy Stewart, right? Correct. And he goes, "Hey, everybody, come over to the window." <laughs> hey, everybody, come over to the window. <laughs> oh, not bad, actually. That was pretty good. But I so haven't in my seen brain, that bit in a long time. In my brain, he says, "Quick, <laughs> quick, everybody, come over to the window," which obviously is fucking wrong. That's such a great. Um, uh, yeah, it's Jimmy Stewart during a nuclear holocaust. Which is so fucking good. Um, <laughs> the next one I have, Will Ferrell says, um, and Eastbound and Down. Oh. He says, let the boy watch. Can you, you want to, how does he say it? Let the boy watch. Which is what I thought, too. I thought he's like, let the boy watch. I don't know why I think that, but. Let the boy watch. Dude, that's so loud. Let the boy watch. I thought it was way more of a slow, intense, burning <laughs> Me too. delivery. But, I mean, I also, maybe I took it from the outtakes. Who fucking knows? They literally could not get through that scene. Well, that's I've so only seen, funny. yeah, I take, I take that from the bloopers. Right, folks. He's absolutely correct. When he changes the um, wife, because he goes, I was making love to my wife, Deborah. And then, like, two scenes later... He goes, I was making love to my wife, Donna. <laughs> Shows you how pointless the wife character is. He can just invent her in his head. Um, this one's very random, but uh, Gold, remember when he says, I love gold. I love gold. I love gold. <laughs> I just love the fact that that line made it in the script. Like Mike Myers was like, all right. Gold member is gonna come. He's on the spaceship. He's gonna go on the balcony. He's gonna he's gonna profess something. And then he just goes, "What if he just says, I love gold?'" <laughs> oh, such a funny movie. So this next one I had wrong in my head. So um, what I always thought it was is, "You're afraid of the dark." I was born in it, molded by it. All right, I got. I can do mine. Yeah, let's hear yours. He goes, ah, you think darkness is your ally. Wait. Ah, fuck. You're doing great so far. He goes, I was born in the dark. No. You think darkness is your ally. I was... Yeah, then he goes, molded by it. Right. I guess I, so the I, guess part- I fucking butchered that. So I have it. I just don't have. He never says you're afraid of the dark. That's not even in there. Yeah, that's why I couldn't. It didn't make sense to me when I was doing it because I don't remember that. Here we go. Oh, you think darkness is your ally? You merely adopted the dark. Oh yeah. I was born in it, molded by it. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. By then, it was nothing to me but bright. I love how, like, in, I think, both of our heads, um, you think of it as, like, I was born in it, molded 
yeah. like some old fucking <laughs> hobbit. Like, it's just so funny, man. And it's the the best part is Tom Hardy's not a good actor. I like Tom Hardy, but he's really not a good actor. All he does, they just go, all right, we need a like a ruggedly handsome guy that looks brooding to mumble his way through the script, and they just go, all right, let's get Tom Hardy and pay him a bunch of money. Because um, that's all he does. He's he's really not a good actor, folks. I'm sorry. I, I'm that's all right. I like him, but he's not a good actor. And that movie, he makes a good villain. I like Dark oh, Knight fantastic. Rises. Yeah, but even I mean, can you think of an easier acting gig? I mean, honestly, you're wearing right. you're wearing something over your face, so you're already more comfortable inhibiting some you know crazy character, and then you just talk like Sean Connery. Like that's that's you're a pretty big guy for you. Maybe um suppose she's wondering why someone would shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane. Like that's literally Sean Connery. She's wondering why someone would shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane. It's literally Sean Connery. Like it is. Shoot and that's another thing. I'm like Perhaps she's wondering why someone would shoot a man. No, you know before what the best throwing is him out of a plane. We gotta get a clip of it. Is uh the best is the interview with Sean Connery and Barbara Walters from the eighties when um she, he so Sean Connery had said something in the late seventies or early eighties about how sometimes it's justifiable to hit a woman. And oh yeah. So Barbara Walters must have dug this up. And Barbara Walters is a total hack, by the way. Like Barbara Walters is awful. Just not a good person either. But <laughs> so she thinks she has this like gotcha moment with Sean Connery like digging up some thing he said years ago and she goes oh Sean um you once said that it was okay to hit a woman and she expected him to like start sweating and squirming and he literally he just looks around and goes yes and I still feel that way and her so she thought she like pounced on him and then all of a sudden she was in the hot seat where he was like oh I don't feel bad about it so respond to me and it's just fucking hilarious <laughs> we got to get that on the soundboard, actually, because that's a really funny interview. Okay. Um, how about Grizzly Adams did have a beard? Grizzly Adams did have a beard. Grizzly Adams had a beard. Grizzly Adams did have a beard. Oh, I, I got how, I got that one pretty good. I even had that. I love how as soon as he says it, I feel like I'm watching golf. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, oh, this one's classic. Happy lookout, ah. Oh, sorry. Just, happy lookout. Happy look out! Oh wow, it's way worse than I remembered it. Play that again. Happy look out! I mean, the ah uh, steals the sentence. Especially when you, it's one thing if you're watching the movie and you got all the stimuli going on, like visually and whatever. But like when you just hear it, it sounds way more ridiculous than when you're watching Happy the movie. Look out, uh, can you imagine Julie um, Bowen? Like, dude, Happy Gilmore came out, I think, in like 1996. Sounds about right. And then no one hears from her for, for like 15 years. And then she's in Modern Family, which is like the biggest show ever since The Office. And a hilarious show, by the way. Although she was in um, this Tim Allen movie I like, even though it got terrible reviews. But that movie, Joe Somebody. Oh, but every time I see Julie Bowen. And she's really sexy, by the way. So obviously, a lot of yeah, a lot of other best. impure thoughts come first. But one of the main thoughts right. that come is the happy look out. Uh, 
Happy Lagona. Oh, um, so this is my last one here. Twin Peaks. Yes. Agent Dale Cooper takes his first sip of coffee in Twin Peaks. Oh, I can do Take that. I can do this perfectly. Okay. This is, excuse me, a damn fine cup of coffee. Here we go. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, You know, this is, excuse me, a damn fine cup of coffee. I've had, I can't tell you how many cups of coffee in my life, and this, this is one of the best. I forgot how many goodies were in that full clip, because I knew right when he expounded on it, I was like, fuck, I should have said that too, because I know that, like the back of my hand. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Yes, exactly. And I just love how, like, that entire movie has, like, white noise over it. Yes. You know what I mean? It sounds like they just took a mic, stuck it under a freeway, and then just put that sound over the entire fucking Yes. Movie. Is there anything more... Is there anything better than Twin Peaks Season 1? Because think of it this way. No. There's not. The, th- the, the brilliant thing about Twin Peaks is it simultaneously has that cozy, homey, small-town, quirky show feel, and also at the root of it, has a super intense, intriguing murder plot. Like, it's it's so good. that I, Twin Peaks season one, honestly, like, there'll never be a show as good as that ever, I think. I mean, folks, he's... I mean, he's got a point. The thing about Twin Peaks is every single character, because it's an ensemble show... Every single character has had so much intricate thought put into it, both by the writers and the actors who play them, that it's yep. just, it's so fucking good. I love Twin Peaks. It literally, I wanted so bad. I used to go to bed fantasizing about living in, like, Washington State. Like, it, it's just such a great show. God damn it. I gotta rewatch God that. Damn it, that's good. All right, I mean, we're pretty much at the uh, max amount of time that yes. people would listen to this. Um, so I guess we'll stop there. Um, well, hey, man, like to I got to with... commend you for doing all those sound clips, because that was a uh, fun segment, and I know that was probably very laborious for you. I have another sound clip thing in mind, and I'll have to... I don't want to, like, you know, I'll work on it. It'll take a while. Um but I'd like to finish this episode uh, with a question, I guess. All right. Okay. Now, Mr. Sullivan, is it or is it not true that the concave bumper that is on the back of your Ford Focus was caused by you drunk driving and hitting somebody? I can answer this clearly. That's so enough. Basically, Mr. No, the Mr. Sullivan, that's enough. My I have, car, you are taking my time. You are taking my time. I cannot believe the I amount do, of respect I you do not have for the House of Representatives. I'm so sure can